You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to, I guess, part two of our random Car Guys podcast with Reza Karanki. Uh, back. If you listen to part one, this is probably just going to be the following week. So if you listen to part one, I'm sure you've buzzed and having a great time and talking about take hands, and that was super interesting. But if you haven't, go back, put this one on pause, and then you can listen to this one after. So uh, picking up from last week, I think we went through obviously a lot of the cars that you have uh, a lot of the stuff i think we said ones that you uh miss selling was a 458 speciality right yeah, and the, um, scud, yeah. and the scud and then also uh you don't have a v8 manual or a manual car in the driveway yeah. at the moment yeah. so those are two like mm, like then they retire the driving gloves yeah yeah Sad story exactly yeah I still, still break them out every now and then but it's not Just, the same on the paddles yeah you know yeah, yeah. um but I guess right now, I mean, F1 is big in the news, isn't it? With, yeah. you know, the bunch of team launches, what, Toro Rosso renamed? Yeah, Alpha Tori, yeah. To Alpha Tori. Trying to figure out if I'm going to take the day off or just fake work when the new <laughs> net, when the season two drops. Because the last time I watched, I don't know when it was, I think it was, it's I woke soon, up like three right? o'clock in the morning and, and this will be out the by the entire time. season. Yeah, this, time work that it'll be out by the time this goes out. When I'm going to do it, 28th. What is it yeah. called Oh, is it the 28th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, 20th oh, of this month. This morning. Just don't go in the 29th and just pretend like you didn't know there was a 29th of February this year. I think that'll probably work out there great. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'll be it. That'll be yeah. the ticket. And this is, I mean, your boss isn't going to listen to this podcast, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but it's a chance. We are what Facebook I, friends. Well, yeah. What I am excited about is that from that documentary is like, it was last year and there were a lot more teams in it. And also looking at like Charles' first year and like all these other new guys, that's their first year, right? Coming yeah, Charles. Well, and so Charles' first year was Ferrari last year, the year before yeah. he was with Alpha. Uh, but first year in Ferrari. Now, what's your fandom? Where your allegiances lie? Well, Lewis, uh, sure. so Mercedes. Really? Yeah. Both of you? Yeah. yeah. Well, really? I think it's an English thing. So, uh, Lewis- you're the only person I know that actually, when you're watching, like you'll post something, like you don't post a lot on social media, but I you don't. will post about like I'll watching practice in here. And I'm like, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm office, and I'm just like, yeah. 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 Honestly, I would say Lewis for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one, uh, we're the same age, which I think is cool. Uh, two, we didn't grow up too far from each other. He has no idea who I am. But three, uh, honestly, he is. When was the last time there was like a? I can't even say African American. He's a black guy. Yeah. Who he has six world championships. He's sure. about to challenge Schumacher for seven, mm-hmm. and he's done it in an era of Formula One that's been relatively new as far as the hybrid era. So dominated, yeah. dominated the hybrid it's era. It's been pretty incredible just to watch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the combination of where he's from, uh, the age, and then just the progression of it, and loyalty. I mean, he's been with essentially the same team since yeah. he was 13 years old. Yeah. So I know there's hints of – I know he's had a conversation with Ferrari. I know that was publicized, I think, last year. His contract's mm-hmm. up this year. Yeah. So that'll be really interesting. But I just think it's been really cool to watch, like, the evolution of him as a driver and just has not – let up. I mean, when you compare him to someone like Alonso, who just had a really rough you know, car, place, really, yeah. but when he left, and now he's talking yeah. about coming back. So, yeah, he's I would not, say I Lewis. Gonna, I don't think they're going to let him back in. <laughs> you know what? I bet they're, I bet if he comes back in, Sainz is a, is a reserve driver for a year. Reserve, yeah. I would yeah, not be surprised if they, if they have Alonso and um, uh, Lando as their two drivers and just mm. see how how that goes but it's also a weird era because that's 2021 that's all new cars Where all new rules I think he just reserve drives for a year same same thing with um, what did they do with uh, Ocon right at, yeah. at Mercedes he was reserved yeah. for a couple of years and then they finally let him, let him go so why do you think Lewis doesn't get it seems like there's a lot of stories that'll be like he doesn't get a lot of credit or something yeah. or maybe get some negative flag I've not really picked up on that um <sighs> And I, I well, I guess from what I have seen is that maybe it's like his exploits outside of it. The, He's not traditional, it, is he? Yeah, yeah. so it's that. Well, what and is traditional? It's it's yeah, traditional. Totally. So he's almost like a cleaner James Hunt in how he yeah kind of presents himself to the world. He isn't yeah. the womanizer. He's not. Um, 
he's not immoral and ethical, mm-hmm. you know, anything that you know, some people could tack on to James Hunt. Right. But he's very individualistic and unapologetic of it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that he gets the rap for is the humble brag stuff or the, the hashtag humble stuff. I think that's the biggest thing. Probably yeah, so, yeah. Because it's an oxymoron to hashtag, hashtag humble, right? Hashtag yeah, humble. He's number one fan over here for no real apparent reason. <laughs> yes. Of Lewis? Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's great. I, I, I'm like, I what do you think, think about F1? Let's talk about the details. I don't really know much about it, but I like, I like Lewis. I, th- I also like the fact that he bought a Mustang from, from that place in Yukon. Yeah, no, it is cool. He, classic has, a, recreations. he has a classic recreations Mustang. Mustang. That matches his jet. Yeah. Right. yeah. I just, talk about balling out. If you think about it, I mean... It, it really is kind of a zero to hero type thing and a yeah. lot of reinforcement from his parents yeah because I know that he cut school left and right you know to go <laughs> to yeah. go car and it's just yeah. thanks dad yeah, yeah and yeah kudos to his parents for seeing that early mm-hmm. on yeah but yeah I just I just think he's yeah well, I think, one, yes, I think when we look support. back 15 years from now I don't know if you're going to read. It's one of those where it's like you, re- you don't realize the error that you're in. He is so good. Mm-hmm. And when he's on, he finds an extra couple tenths in a lap. It's just crazy. Well, they talk yeah. about the competitiveness in the cars and, and really what is it down to what makes a good Formula One driver or team. But it's hard to look at him and just go, I, it, well, his car's been bad. They actually did have some weaknesses this year, and you kind of saw him overcome it. Contrast so him to first. Vettel. Like, Vettel yeah. just complains. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Vettel is an incredible driver. I think that at the time when he won his four, that he had the best car in the field. Yeah. Mark Webber was on his way out. Like, he was kind of aging out. Time was good. You could have put anyone in that car, and mm-hmm. they would have done relatively well. Maybe not I mean, four World Renault Championships. Renault could make an engine back then, too, which was nice. Well, yeah. yeah. So you're talking about B10. an epic era of Formula yeah. One. So, but now you look at Vettel now. When he messes up. Yeah. It's emotion. It's just raw emotion. So I think the thing that does separate Lewis is he has really good control of his emotions. But he, and even in the race, he'll call out and say, "Guys, I don't think this strategy's right. Like, what are we doing?" Yeah. And then he'll come back on and say, "Yeah, you guys are right. Yeah. Right. You know." And he's very fair. Yeah. Was it the Monaco race last year that he had no tires and he basically just like fought his way back, like fought his way, yeah, fought everyone off? Monaco, so. That's what I mean. Like it was, but it was like. They, they talked about strategy and they got it wrong and he's like guys these tires are done yeah, yeah. Like, like 15 laps left he, he, do, he, he seems to have just ownership of himself you know good you know good bad yeah or, or another but it just I don't know what it is about him but I think there's a level of relating that I like in kind of some common things mm-hmm. and he is I mean he really is kind of the black sheep in, in Formula yeah. 1 I mean has there ever been a non-white mm. driver that's done what he's done? I don't... Yeah. Yeah, well, I came back into it in 17 Crazy. and became like an instant Max fan. I just kind of gravitated towards that. Yeah. I've always liked Red Bull. And, and yeah, I so I was like a Red Bull and a, and yeah. a Weber fan and then a... Uh, uh, oh, God. Ricardo? No, when brought with Braun. Um, Jensen Button. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love Jensen too. Super mm-hmm. humble guy as well. Yeah, but yeah. when you look at like Max, you're like, man, he is very boring. He's very, he's super exciting on the track, but outside of it, yeah, he's very vanilla. So yeah. you can see what you're talking about, like yeah. the with the black sheep and how Lewis kind of does his thing on the outside, because yeah. you almost you want more from some of these drivers, which is kind of nice about the Netflix deal, because it does give a lot of insight. Yeah, I want to think it's cool because again, contrast Vettel off the track to Max, you know, or to Lewis, you don't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an Instagram. You don't see anything. No, you see nothing. You know, family guy is kind of very, which is cool. But I think that, like, Lewis has a platform. It's, he is unapologetic of being individualistic with it. I think that's probably a lot of what we need right now. Even in our demographic, it probably serves really well because... I mean, he just got uh, uh, International Sportsman of the Year. I think he tied with Messi, so I think they shared that. that. Yeah. They shared that award this week. But, I mean, he goes up there in a silver... Like bright silver tux. Yeah, um, it's like pa- Paris yeah. Fashion Week. Oh no, yeah. it's, just, it's just an award yeah, yeah. At least another <laughs> another fashion line with um, Tommy Hilfiger. So yeah. I mean, his yeah. third yeah. season with him. So well, we always banner about his hairstyles. Yeah. You know, whatever he shows up with. Yeah, so. it just depends on what he he's is. He's pretty authentic online too. I know he gets mm-hmm. a bad rap, but he is. You know, there's been times where he said, you know, I just don't feel like I've got it. You know, yeah. like you know, what's the point to this? And like, you know, I think everyone's thought that. that sometime or another and for yeah. someone of his caliber to say that online mm-hmm. uh, and be vulnerable like that I think it's cool so do you think that because his relationship with Nikki was really good mm. do you think that because his relationship with Nikki was so good he will consider and go to Ferrari 
man. That's I don't the know. only reason that makes me think he'd go. I'm really curious how Nikki feels about Ferrari after no. you know being hurt and then being right. replaced so quickly and then not. But then you know then he he went yeah. to go to continue to race for yeah. them. You know this is I think as a team, um, I don't align with Ferrari's better than thou kind of attitude. They have this. They're the only team that has this historic. Uh, benefit they get, so they get a certain point of money, mm. part of the proceeds, no matter what, because they're the only historic million dollars. Yeah, yeah, just for being a historic That's team, ridiculous. and they're the only yeah. historic team in the in the whole yeah. thing. So, and they're still going to come in third place. This I, yeah, but the passion <laughs> that the I mean, they are the longest standing, the yeah. most, the winningest F one team right. in history. They are very grassroots too. I mean, Ferrari came from literally like producing cars, literally just to go race. To race. There's something yeah. cool about that. Yeah. Um, so I think between those top two teams, I probably align with Merce- with Ferrari a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the performance and the precision of Mercedes. But there's there's some passion in Ferrari, so I wouldn't hate him if he went. Yeah. Uh, I think Formula One is one of those is one of the very few sports where you follow a player, not a team. Sure. Yeah. It, it's really interesting that you you have these fans just bounce from team to team depending on where the the driver goes. Yeah. And yeah. it's not very common mm-hmm. uh, in most professional sports. So true. I think, um, I think the other thing that, so yeah, to, to Nikki being having such close ties to Ferrari, probably, possibly, mm-hmm. but then there's the flip. Schumacher came over to Mercedes at the end. So, yeah. you know, which it's is like it? just that heritage and family and like, do you want to have that on your career? Yeah. Is it going to be something towards the end of his career where he's like, he has all the titles. He's beaten Schumacher's record, and then he goes to do it. Maybe that's yeah. So I if, don't he, know. if change, he gets seven this year, you it think could be could really go. interesting because next year is kind of a level it's playing field right. for probably the top five teams. Yeah, whole new rules, new everything. Yeah. So no matter you know, he there isn't. I think everyone going into this season, it's like okay, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, like those are your top three teams, right? Mm-hmm. Next year, I don't know if anyone can say Mercedes is still going to be on top. Ferrari's, you know, Ferrari's going to be number two, Red Bull number three. I think it's a much more level playing field. So I think that if he did go to Ferrari next year, even if he botches it, you know, it's still a good educated decision. Right. You know, so it could be really cool. Uh, I think the moment he goes to Ferrari is the writing's on the wall for whenever he's going to retire. I think oh, that, you know, I think while he's in his prime, it's probably Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, let's check off the Ferrari Formula One driver box. And I wonder with Ferrari's like strategy blunders, I think last year particularly. They've got to fix that. It's because they didn't, wasn't, uh, didn't they have, is, wasn't their principal, um, uh, what the heck is his name? I'm drawing a blank on his the name. The current or the Yeah, yeah, the current I forget one. both Because um, the other guy uh, went to the Juventus. Um, uh, I forget his name. Anyway, he was a strategist. And the principal last year, yeah. I think. So I know that he was okay. originally strategist uh, and then became the principal. I think he was occupying both roles last sure. year, which is why yeah. their strategy was so weird because you've got – you're being pulled in two very different directions. And he's never been on the car building because he was always race strategy. Yeah, yeah. So always race like strategy. Which a completely different yeah, side of the house. Yeah, always race strategy. Uh, um, I want to say Benicio. It's not that, but it's mm-hmm. close that, to That it. was a previous one. Um, thought, yeah. Was it? Okay, yeah. Um, well, man, I don't know. I'm anyway, just making that up now. Yeah, yeah anyway, but I think it's – you know, you've got two very different sets of politics going on there between the team principal oh, and the strategist. And I think it was just spread too thin. Yeah. So their strategy was botched last year. Their communication sucked. They tried to, I don't know what they were thinking. They put this incredible rookie in a Ferrari mm. and think, okay, we're still going to push Vettel out front. Mattia Bonato. That's his name. Yeah, Mattia. Okay. okay. So um, I, th- I don't think they realized how good Charles was going to be and how in his head Vettel would be just in general and about that specifically. So Yeah, it was interesting to watch. It was yeah. so cool to watch. Charles was like equally aggressive as Vettel oh, yeah. seemed to be bothered by it. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he was and I think that the cool thing about Charles in that is he played the team game like really well. If this yeah. if the politics it's of, a bit awkward. There was times he, he didn't so like well. it, that yeah. he, but he had to. But he played it so yeah. well and Formula One Not weird on team like radio. That. Yeah. Not on team radio. Team radio was all about it. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he was I pretty, feel like he was pretty metered though in, in like even with that. He was like, Okay, I'll do it, but I don't agree with it. Yeah. Like, you know, you gotta kinda make yourself known. But yeah, yeah I think Vettel this he I don't think he'll be at Ferrari after mm-hmm. this year if he 
performs like he did last year. I, I think he's done. I think he will either voluntarily retire or he will be encouraged to retire. Right. I, I just you go race somewhere else. Oh, and then drop off the face of the earth and no one's going to see exactly. him because he doesn't exist. Yeah, $30 million a year like this year and then go. It's like team dynamic and the politics of how Ferrari run things. That's I think is not really meshed up with Vettel's personality. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he tries to run the team. And yeah. like the problem is he hasn't performed. I mean, their last... Prior to, I think, one or two ra- uh, prior to that, a couple of races. Just mid-corner and hitting the wall thing at low I mean, speeds. Here they, you like, know, he just can't. <laughs> well, prior that. to, the, you know, I think, two or three races last year towards the end of the season, halfway through last year's season, so Vettel comes over, four-time world champion, you know, into Ferrari in what, yeah. 2000? I don't remember uh, what year it was. 15, is it? Yeah, so 2015. 15, yeah. Their last race winner in the middle of last year and last world champion was Kimi. And he was on his way out. Yeah. So their last world yeah. championship winner was 2000. I think it was 2009 or 2007. Yeah. Um, Where's all that 70 million going? To yes. Your, you yeah. Know. And their last race winner was Kimi, who won the last race of the year the year before. Yeah. So all the way through, Jeez. halfway through 2019 season, Vettel hadn't won anything. And their last world championship at Ferrari was not him. It was Kimi. Yeah. Seven years before he even joined the team. Yeah, so pretty it's, crazy. It, it, I'm excited. I am excited to see the new what it's going to be like. But I mean, Vettel just acts like such a child. He's the an whole adult thing. Child. It was in Canada when he turned into Lewis. Yeah, yeah. That's, see, that's just funny. I mean, that's no, a while no. back. Uh, was there it, was um, that was 2018. It was, was uh, Singapore. Season. Okay, Singapore. Yeah, Singapore, yeah. Because yeah. he got alongside him and, and just kind of went like, yeah, ah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, which and I don't think Lewis did really anything. No, no, no. Yeah, even if he did, you don't. I'm usually looking not that hate Lewis, but I'm kind of looking for reasons to dog on him. But yeah, it's one of that was one of those instances where there's this concept of an amygdala hijack. Like you're you're just kind of like you're. Front, prefrontal cortex is out of it. Your logic, critical thinking is gone. You just react. Full reaction. And that's exactly that. what he did. He's just like, nope. Yeah. I probably didn't even think that, wait, there are cameras. There's this all is not these NASCAR. different <laughs> angles. Like, yeah. He's yeah. lucky he hit wheels. Yeah. If he would have hit yeah. you know, front wing or side pod, I mean. Which I think that was like, wasn't that the Perez thing in Singapore too? Didn't he get into some kind of Something thing last like year? That. Yeah. yeah. Where they didn't, they hit front wing and it was a bad deal. Yeah. It's, they do, they, you know, I, I love what uh, Jeremy Clarkson said about if you want to make Formula One more exciting, take the wings off. Yeah. He's like, just, you know, make the drivers drive again. Yeah. Uh, make the cars a little more robust and take the wings off and see. Wouldn't be the same thing though. No. Because then you'd be like Formula E and they're just real slow. What, what I love about, <laughs> you know, what I, what I do love about the 2021 rules though, because, you know, they're, they're shifting. I mean, I think that Liberty Media has done a really good job of making F1 quite a bit more competitive. I mean, the aerodynamic. Sure. Right. You know, the, the, the you know, for people that, you know, really don't know a whole lot about the physics of it, the cars need really clean air to cut through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, I think it was like three or four cars behind still. Mm-hmm the aerodynamics became completely inefficient because the air was just so washed out. Well, I mean, it can be a full corner in some cases. Huge. Like an entire massive, you know, uh, like high-speed corner, yeah. 150 mile an hour corner, that if you're going on the entry and the car's coming out of the exit, you are completely affected by yeah, the Yeah, it's like a wake on a boat. It yeah. just completely disrupts the air behind you it. You can see it on some very humid days. Mm-hmm. There's moisture in there. You can yeah. see the, the turbulence yeah. come off. Oh, off it's the raining. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty wicked. Yeah. That's when you see, because it's, you expect to see wind tunnel stuff and you're kind of accustomed to that yeah. but when they're out on the track you actually you see it live yeah. yeah the cool part so what in 2019 they changed the front wing design from really hyper complex and really expensive to develop to a much simpler front wing I think it improved it oh I did sure. I mean it was much more it was a lot less washout the initial mm-hmm. like heat washout much more competitive last year at the front and in the mid mm-hmm. and then I think 2021 will be really cool I mean lower wider rear wings even more simplistic front wings the, the 18s mm-hmm. and the tires I think is going to be Interesting. That'll be cool too for Very, tire temperature because yeah. I know they struggle with optimum temperature on the 15s that are on there right well, it's now. Looks like so Haas had a 16s. dead zone in the rear arrow, which just caused the tires to slide. Nothing else was wrong with that car. Everything else, that car was actually very fast. It yeah, was like so the air just slowed down too much. Yeah, they just had a dead spot in their aero yeah, package. Like pressure area. Yeah, so they were just constantly sliding the tires and they could never keep pressure in it. So I think I don't know. That that's a. I'm sure that won't. I think it'll be year. a cool year. I mean, especially. I mean, Williams needs to come back too, and I think they're going to have an opportunity in 2021 they're to completely refresh it. I, I almost think 2020. They're going to need. Maybe I'm just making this up, but I think they're going to need a money save if going into 2021. If Another 2020 one? work out, yeah. Yeah. yeah I who, think Claire who, Williams will be. No, player. who's their primary rocket was, right now? Was Stroll right? Uh, no, 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 that's uh. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah I was, was Stroll. Was um, Stroll, but now I don't know what. Now what it's Rocket, I think. Right? Is it Rocket? Yeah, I think yeah. Rocket's their primary. Uh, yes, it is. Primary sponsor yeah, right now. Uh, 
I think they can sell whoever their sponsors are and, hey, 2021 is a fresh, clean right. slate. Yeah. Let's, Let's see, see how. if he will, I think, be better than uh, last. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> well, I mean, give yeah. it up. I'm, I'm it's hard, to, it's hard to watch. Every race, like, I mean... Frank Williams is a Formula One institution. I know. You know, and like yeah. the documentary was really there. cool. That was I such mean, a he's cool still video so cool. Yeah. Of, like, uh, him, both Lewis taking him around. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. no, that's super that cool. That was awesome. It, and it's, it looks like your, it looks like your granddad, you know? Oh, like, yeah. He's just, just like bobbing around. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, Kumbika, like, what I, What the heck yeah. were they doing, you know, having him still driving halfway through the season? I mean, at least Red Bull was smart enough to say, okay. He had money. Yeah. True. Yeah, true. Pay true. to see some. Yeah, okay, true. That's a good point. Well, on the money point, I guess Stroll being multi whatever stupid amount of money that he has. Yeah, that He's gone Aston has. Martin now, right? Is What's he like the guy that asked? Doesn't he need that one heading, the Aston Martin? Yeah, so the the Stroll Consortium is, so I think there's four or five people in there. Yeah. 280 million in? Yeah, yeah. To so Aston, they got, to Aston Martin. Yeah, like, they got a stake of the team. Redonda, yeah. And then the Aston Martin, which I think would be cool. I mean, Aston has not been a works team I think they had 1959 1960 yeah and I think the best they qualified was second Mm -hmm. I think and they never won a race yeah so it would be really cool to see what they can do as a works one it's just cool to have Aston Martin as a works team yeah very much um I just think that's super cool. I think it's really cool. You have, a, you know, Red Bull is an energy company, and they have two freaking teams. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, another thing we were talking about this earlier today, talking about why they switched, and it's like, well, they basically just had this random dual branding they didn't mm. need. They had, you know, Toro Rosso, Red Bull is just almost kind of confusing. It's like, why are you yeah. even there? So it's nice that they brought the Alpha. Uh, I think thing it's, I think it's cool. It, cre- it creates like a like a more like a level of prestige in the name. I mean, Alpha Alpha Tori just sounds way better than yeah. But now you, you have know, Alpha Tori, so Red Bull in yeah. Spanish. I mean, yeah. you know, well, you have Alpha and Alpha though. That's true, but it is kind of like a, it, <laughs> it is weird. kind of like a feeder team to uh, you know, like the same way the Alpha is to Ferrari. Sure. Oh, it's a yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a feeder team development that. team yeah. to the big team, which is cool. I mean, See, I think they got all 2019 uh, Red Bull spec. On their car this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Even last year, I think uh, the only thing that was majorly different was the engine because they were trying out the. You know, they were well, that keeping with, with Honda, the right? Body and I think the, the suspension change. I don't remember if they ran the same different suspension that Red Bull ran. I'm the curious. Year, I know they got a lot of flack for suspension beginning of last year, and I don't know yeah. if they ended up actually shifting it. Uh, well, sure. But I'm excited about that team. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about Red Bull. Obviously, I'm excited because I think Max is awesome. Well, I like the way that he races. But. And also, Aston, like, been shelling out cash for however long trying to flog Vantages. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> Finally, we have a new one, and it's a Mercedes. Yeah, no right? Yeah, like, exactly. Good, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's decent, but yeah. oh, they still sound terrible. The resale will be, not to <clears throat> tangent on those, but I feel like there's going to be quite a few more of those on the market. Well, even the new, like, I, I was looking the other day, and, like, they came out where they, like, list, like, one... 50 spec 180 grand and then this sum for, for like 130 with yeah, like 4,000 miles you can literally get $40,000 off sticker yeah. on a lot of new Astons right yeah. now some are 70 no, that's super so, but that's been going on for a while though you could right. do that 5 yeah, years ago yeah. on, a, on a Vantage yeah. or, or you on a Vanquish you could so. also buy an old Vantage for like 25 yeah. grand what, what's a buy and right spend now? 25 I mean, grand on a, fixing it you can buy a V12 DBS yeah. in a 2000 12-ish car for 120 oh. grand, 100 grand now. Apparently, those are pretty stout. They're incredible. If you get in a manual, too. too. Yeah, you can get a manual. It's yeah. the same one that was in the first um, Daniel Craig 007. Yeah, I mean, that's a, the DBS. That's yeah, a yeah, wicked yeah. car. It's still one of the best Top Gear reviews or Jeremy Clarkson reviews is when was his that car. green one, and then he oh, had, yeah. it was the DBS yeah. versus, I guess, just the normal. It's yeah, the Vanquish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Vanquish versus the normal. Yeah. yeah. That was such a cool one. It's such a good-looking car. Yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. Have you had any Astons? No, my brother had a V8, a V8 Vantage, uh, but that's it. I've never had one. I wanted a DBS for a long time. Okay, um, like the new one. Well, the earlier, so before the new one came sure. out. Um, so I wanted the same one that was in the um, the first 007, the Daniel Craig 007 mm-hmm. movie, the um, Casino Royale. Yeah, he rolled it, didn't he? Yeah, he flipped yeah. it, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, back then they were still mid-twos and you know money was different and it just, I was, I was like, nah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, and then, so I looked at a DBS Superleggera, but to your point, it's just the depreciation. They are depreciation money. machines. I try to have one that doesn't depreciate like crazy, and I don't have one right now um, that doesn't depreciate like crazy. So, <laughs> you know, it, that's kind of driving away from it. But 
They are incredible. We should do video. We see. We need to have. This is when we need to have like a little GoPro up because the expressions. It's so yeah. true. With a lot of the. It, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so true. But yeah. So I think whenever the DSLs go down and um, you know, like, I can see myself having like more of a GT car for a little bit versus. Like you because right now, like my weekend cars are really the 720 and the Aventador, and they're kind of similar mm-hmm. in in their approach, and you know they're different enough to where there's variety. But it would be cool to have a you know kind of a good GT car, and and they are. When I picked up the Aventador in California, the dealership I got it from had a new uh, DBS SL on the floor, and it is, I mean they're gorgeous. It's and sick. They're, as they're sick as hell. I, I love mean, them. I yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, incredible cars. So. Uh, definitely on the horizon, maybe. Um, they're fast as hell. They are. They're quick. quick. Fast. You know, I wish Great they had a dual clutch. It's, what, it's the same Mercedes, you know, little yeah. ZFT or ZF transmission. ZF, they don't break. No. They don't break. Is that cool. the same one in the GTO? It's in everything. Yeah. No, yeah, so, yeah, so. Yeah, well, that's a bargain buy as it's well. A, yeah, oh, there's. Nissan GTO? Uh, Nissan, uh, Mercedes the, GTO? The AMG GTO. Like, yeah. Those are pretty wicked cars. Daily yeah. GT, bulletproof. What's the, what's the. Cheap. What's the new, what's the. Super GTR, whatever. What's the, it uh, GTR Pro. Oh, the GTR, GTR Pro. Pro. Yeah. yeah, there was one. One I had. Well, they, they're testing the Black Series now at the Nurburgring, right? Yeah, the spy right. shots yeah, of the yeah. Black oh, Series. The well, Mercedes thing, do though, like a is, million I mean, that body style's got to change soon. Yeah, I mean because yeah. it's been out for that front grill has been out for. Yeah, but Aston did it so much better because I look at it, it's the exact same car. It is. So it's like Aston already did it better. Pretty much. Oh yeah. Well, no, that's true. I mean, that's being a bit. You know what? That's a good point because it's the same engine as the same thing. You know, I keep thinking nearly the same interior. I mean, it's interior length. Yeah, the ergonomics is similar. I keep thinking, oh, it's the same as the my old C63, but it's that's the same as the one that's in the AMG GT. So yeah, it is the exact same. You know, transmission. I, they do have a manual though, though which is cool. The, in the uh, DBS? No, the the Vantage. They have that. Yeah, it, the, the AMR. AMR? Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is. So yeah. you know, you don't get a manual AMG GT. Mm-hmm. So the AMR is cool. I don't know why. Oh, they reduced the power. I think it's down twenty because of flywheel, you know, yeah, heat or something like that. I don't like the, so the the. I don't. I love the back of the new Vantage. Mm-hmm. The front looks like a, a Master MX Five. <laughs> yeah, Miata. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's I hard. think it looks terrible. I think if they, it's the headlights. They're too small yeah. for the front of the car, and it's just it's strange. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it's like the head of Aston or Andy, I think someone his name is, has put like the V twelve Vantage hood from the previous generation on the new one with the, with the slats in it, oh, like yeah. from the DBS, yeah. and it just transforms the entire car. I bet it does, because so they had the, uh, really good. the V12 Vantage has had those, um, you know, they had the little yeah. slotted hood. I mean, they look, it's I would love the if they did the same thing and put a V12 in those things. Oh, I mean, that sick. would be, yeah, that with the ZF transmission, I would, or even a manual. That was really cool. Incredible. I remember when that came out. That was, that was neat. They, they shoehorned that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was a little it, car. Suit. I mean, it was a DBS V12 in yeah. a you know, yeah in a, in a tiny car. Just, Sounds yeah. so good. Yeah, Burnout monster. I mean, yeah. what's cool about it is that's really it's the American muscle car methodology. Shoehorn yeah. the largest engine you can yeah. in a relatively small. That's what I think about rear wheel drive cars because yeah. it's like that's just a refined like American muscle car. It is in a way. Yeah, right? front engine, rear wheel drive. It's same thing. You know what we were saying last time. The Vipers. I mean, similar. Yeah. Similar ethos, a little bit different. Yeah, but a little smaller. I remember giving your brother crap about that because he went from the uh, the Mustang, I think, pretty quickly into that. And I was like, hey, that's yeah. just an upgrade of basically the same thing. Pretty much. The more yeah. expensive one's slower than the cheap one. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. That seems to be how it goes. So the hunt for a GT car is like on the on the. Yeah. So I think, of- yeah, honestly, um, a P1 has been my, has. I, I'm actually negotiating one right now. And I'm, I, I'm not sure I'm quite what color? ready. Uh it's Please a gray. It's a gray car. It's a, it's got 170 miles on it. It's really well priced for what it is. Uh, it's at McLaren Philadelphia, uh, and I'm I'm working it right now. I'm just not. If I had zero cars, it would be much easier. No brainer. Uh, yeah. But you know, right. Are there maintenance worries? Like, what's, what other ownership worries? I feel like that's definitely going to be high maintenance ones with some out of the norm. Yeah. So the cool part about the P1 is, uh, so it's the same basic. The cool part that McLaren's done is they've had this one engine methodology, right? Same yeah. block, uh, different variations, different, you know, uh, different heads, turbos, stuff like that for different platforms. But what's cool about it is it's a pretty proven platform. The P1, yeah, yeah, the P1 engine is the exact same as a 12C block, except it's got a different casting for the electric, uh, for the electric um, component of it. So okay. the drive shaft that goes into the engine for that 
is different. It also acts as the, as the starter, so it doesn't have like a starter like the typical mm -hmm. uh, MP4 does because the electric motor does that. But exact same casting pretty much, um, minus that the dog ears essentially for that. Um, the biggest question is is the battery. Like, how well is it going to age? Uh, I know that the the you know the, what they call the Holy Trinity right now, the LaFerrari, the the 918, and the P1. They all have like, these battery replacement programs. It's it's about ten percent the value of the car to replace it, but you have an all new, value new car. Yeah, battery, and yeah. hopefully they upgrade it a bit so you get a little more power or whatever. 10 so ten percent value of it new. Nah, used. Okay. Uh, yeah, about the same. So I mean, they're both. Well, they're about to, yeah, yeah, it's about a hundred grand. Matter. So it's yeah. about a okay. hundred thousand bucks for the for the new battery. So what's the life to the battery? Do you know? Um, they're saying like sixty, seventy thousand miles. So it should be. Okay. You know, it should go a while. It's more. Do they? just deteriorate over time and they shouldn't but yeah. you don't I, know and that was the time when a lot of stuff was getting thrown against the wall I think, yeah that's the biggest question is, is how good is the battery going to be because the 918 was way back I mean, the 918 really the problem with the 918 is it's literally shrink wrapped around everything so I mean you talk you, I was watching some interviews with some engineers and they're saying there are millimeter clearances between what's underneath the skin and the skin like, wow. like they're saying, you cannot fit anything underneath any panel of that car. There's really? no space. So it's, like it's Chris Harris video when it was prototype, and he went out and test drove it like six or nine months before mm -hmm. it was even supposed to come out. And they did show the back end off of one, or maybe it was like the rear fender was off. Yeah, and it looked ridiculous. It looked like the shape of the car. Yeah, literally, it was, yeah, it was shrink wrapped. It yeah, it's like a term, you know, a Terminator. Yeah. So you know, it's just on. the exact same. Like Arnold's Terminator is pretty much him. Uh, like in metal, like it was. Just, it was the same. Apparently, thing. they've been pretty reliable. They have Apparently. been. I mean, the cool thing about the Porsche is, for us, like Oklahoma, we don't have a you know McLaren dealership, so the Porsche would be cool. There is a 918 Tech at the Porsche dealership here, so you could do that and have one. Uh, but the P1 has always been my one. So as far as like a GT car coming up, I think I'm close to a P1. The question is, I'm either a couple months away or I need to wait another year and just feel really comfortable about it. Mm -hmm. So if I do that, the latter, then I think um, the Aventador will probably go in, yeah, probably sometime before the end of this year and have a GT car. And then that could be a good, uh, you know, so fast forward another six or seven months and I could see myself with like a P1 in the GT car and whatever I do for the daily, whether it's, it's still a Tacon or have the... Uh, yeah the G-Wagon or whatever. So yeah. I, I'm i kind of angling towards the P1's going to have to have for me a complimentary car that is not a P1, that's still fun, that you don't have to worry about, you know, driving around or whatever. Um, so I do see another one. I was thinking, do I want, you know, P1 R8? I'm like, no, I've done a few of those. So P1 DBS SL sounds really cool to me. Yeah. So especially, you know, six or seven months from now, they'll probably drop British, another seven or 80,000. Yeah, it's a good British car. Very British, yeah. About that. So um, yeah, that could be a good uh, a mm. good comment. So it's on the radar, but yeah, one thing right now is the P1 is the next one right now. So uh, if anything, if I did anything in addition between what I have now and coming, uh, and that was that, it would just delay it. Sure. So I think we're close. Uh, if I don't know, if I don't decide in the next m month or two. Which I, I just told the guy today, I was like, hey, you know what? The trades aren't where I want. I get the strategy behind it, and you know, I may just sell them. So uh, if I sell what I have right now uh, within a couple of months, yeah, sure. If I don't or the market softens up or whatever, I'm fine waiting another year. And maybe I do that towards the end of the year and, and do the uh, the DBS. Yeah. So. So I'm Rezzo waking up on a Saturday, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, I got a P1, I got a Superleggera, <laughs> yeah. and I got a Range Rover Sporter made of the G-Wagon. Mm. What, when? How do you decide what to drive, when, and what are the occasions for that? Because that's kind of, you know, not you know, that I sit around and think about what Reza does, here, but if I had those cars, I probably would. Man, here, here's how it works. It's like, how do you know, how much say do you have over your favorite movie? Like, you really don't have any. Yeah. It's, you know, you go to Netflix, right, and, like, try to decide what to watch. Mm -hmm. You don't really get to choose whether you're going to, you know, whether it appeals to you or not. It just appeals to you sure. or not. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like you wake up in the morning, you're like, I feel like driving X. And you Check know really quickly if you, you know, I did it this morning actually because I was like, because I knew it was going to be a nice day. I, you know, I, uh, I don't really leave the office very much, so we get lunch brought in and stuff. So the only time I ever really leave is if I go to the gym or I have like a meeting. So um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to leave the office today, so I can pretty much just drive, 
not really worry about driving something nice in traffic and you know whatever. But I didn't. You know, I just I drove the G wagon today because I woke up. I was like, do I want to drive? I was like, do I want to drive the Aventador? I was like, nope. I want to drive the G wagon. And now I was like, okay, cool. And I know I've done it enough to where like I know I say I want to drive this and I drive something else. I'm like, yeah, no, I should have drove the other thing. <laughs> so yeah. it is, I think it's kind of like picking you, yeah. you know, kind of picking something on Netflix. You don't really get to choose. Sure. It's almost like it chooses you. It's a weird, it's a weird it, deal. It, it could be your body aches that day. You wake up and True. you have a backache or yeah. you have nerves kicking up in your leg. Could like, all these my heated seats on. I'll yeah, take yeah, the yeah. maybe there was a song playing that I was playing one time. I was driving the car and I was having a good time and that was why. Yeah. But either way, uh, there's a couple of times where I will decide to drive something different. But it's usually out of obligation. Like, I feel bad for that car hasn't been driven today, you know, or like on the weekend. So last weekend I took the Aventador to breakfast and then came home and I ended up going to uh, um, going to the mall. So I was like, okay, I'll take 720 because I felt bad. Uh, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like kids, numbers. isn't it? Yeah, pretty it's much. Like, so, um, I'll, so I'll yeah. take you next time. I promise. <laughs> yeah. It kind of chooses you. Uh, yeah. it's, it's weird like that. Um, I'd be hard to get out of 720 <clears throat> for sure. 720 is incredible. I mean, it is, you, you drive that a lot. Don't you? I do. I, it gets take, it gets caught on camera a lot. Uh, yeah. a lot more, There's a I, lot of Facebook pages that repost it all I the time. I probably drive the Aventador and the 720 about the same, but for really? some reason, when I'm out in the 720, gets, but that car is incredible. Oh, it I is, thought it was really pretty. Like it's, we, we were talking about yeah. the 675 and his affinity like, for that. I, I, love, yeah, I, thought, I thought it was yeah. awesome. I love how it pops, whip, like the whip cracks, and, and it, but it's. I think I, I just love it because it's limited numbers. It's a monster right? too. I mean, it, I mean, it, I think the seven, the the six seventy five is still faster around most tracks than the seven twenty. Mm-hmm. So that has to do with more manageable power. Oh, sure, for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, more manageable power and probably. Some better front arrow, you know, some better front tire grip because yeah, you know, the front the, end of the 720 is pretty. Yeah, it, it, it works. It works, but it doesn't. You know, it's not as aerodynamically enhanced as the yeah. you know as the uh, 720. I'm she sure the 765 will, but yeah, uh, yeah. What I know was that, what was the deciding factor on that between 720 and the 675? And then uh, I'm sure you realized the L- 600 LT was coming out too, yeah. right? So 600 LT, um, this people can, uh, um, I don't know if I want to say it. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> the yeah, the, the, 57, the, the, the 570 platform for me, mm-hmm. this is my own view of it, it really occurs to me like that's what I would want my wife to drive. Um, okay. Well, there's not, two women that drive, it, or one that lives right around me, and I see her every day. And, and like, I, and I have some real, I have some really good friends that have them, and they're they're freaking incredible. But it, it's, I don't know why in my head it's like, yeah, no, I would. Yeah, it feels like the baby Lambo of the, yeah, yeah, you know, of, of them, which it, which it really is. Yeah. So I think between you know between the 720 and the 675, uh, my, I think my biggest challenge was the 675. Looks so much like the 650s. You know, most people, you yeah, know, wouldn't see it. That's what we said too. And me, mm-hmm. historically, like I'm the kid in high school that, um, you know, I'd see someone driving. So I went to high school around the time that the LT1 Trans Am Camaros were phasing out and the LS1s were coming in. So they had a different front end, right? So they looked different. Yeah. And I see someone driving, like a, a friend of mine, a guy driving a, a V6, um, but new front end, um, oh, you know, 98 or newer Firebird. And I'm like thinking, you could have bought a LT1 Trans Am for less money. Why didn't you? Like it's better performance, right. you know, all that. It just has a different front end. So I've kind of it, that kind of flipped because I am typically I, I like the special edition. I sure. like the exclusivity of it. It's not going to depreciate um, as much. Yeah, it's not going to depreciate as much. And for some reason, with the 675 and the 720, I think because I think my, mine was the first 720 in the state, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, so I kind of got the exclusivity thing uh, of it. And what's weird about the 720, I'll tell you what it was. The 720, it's going to sound weird because the front end of the 650 and the 675 is more P1-ish than the 720. But the proportions and the look of the 720 for me seemed like a somewhat devolved P1. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it was. Either the rear core, there's something about it. The length of it. If you, there's not rear any spoilers. given thing that looks like the P1. There's much more on the 650. The rear end is yeah. Lights, the, rear, the, the, the skinny the skinny tail lights and all that definitely yeah. help. It reminded me of a P1, okay. and I was like, okay, this is kind of my P1 for me right now. Uh, so that was re- that was really it. And then you combine that makes sense. You know, the 675 kind of looks like a 650. Uh, you know, the 
the 720 that you know the the roof opens up with the door versus the the 65 it's just the just door a so a little door, more yeah. accessible the carbon tub is a little lower in the 720 so getting in and out just the doors on the 720 are a joke yeah it's I mean, so it, cool it's it, it really is a it's three generations ahead of the 675 and the 650 mm. it's crazy the jump uh, that that car had so probably yeah uh, a combination of exclusivity and um do, they, and just do we know when this lt is coming so i have my deposit on one um uh, they're thinking about a year, so okay. uh, they're planning on announcing this the the 765 LT in Geneva is, is what the assumption is soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, so soon, and then um, about a year to okay. uh, a year to deliver. So I've got you know I've got a deposit on that. It's refundable, obviously. So if I do end up doing P1, then I'll just you know yeah. grab that back. Uh, but you know if I do wait a little bit longer. Um, you know, I could see having that too. So yeah, uh, it really just depends how everything shakes down by that time. Yeah, I was roll racing people in my truck, and then just kept watching these two McLaren, these two 720s just take off. Oh yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, was good. Yeah, it was good times. Yeah, no, they're wicked. Yeah, they're, no, they get so much faster than everything else because it was the front row. Mm. Was that crazy the, guys was that the turnaround this. that we had on the highway? Oh yeah, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> you were I was there. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is going to be a riot right yeah. now. Forty cars turning around. No, this pulling was. A oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. was after we turned around. We're going down that that one nondescript highway yeah. before coming into the town, and yeah. you and. Yeah, another guy. guy. Another guy who has it's a 720 so yes. yeah. yeah, I mean, they are, they perform. I mean, it, there's, it's it's not hard to get. It's sub 3,000 pounds, 700 wheel horsepower. I mean, they just, they get down. But they lay the power down so efficiently. They're, if McLaren has something down, they even have it down in the, in the 12Cs, their traction control is... How you, just, you slide it on the screen. Yeah, you can. You can <laughs> literally. literally like it's like a you can pick how just aggressive the traction control is. You can pick how much side angle you get if you want to drift around a corner. It's wild. So how far up that have you got? I've, I've gone all the way, and then I've dialed it back. I was like, okay, that's a little too much. So, nice. um, you, you'd be amazed. You turn traction control off, the car spins pretty good. Yeah. But the traction control is so dialed in that if you have the traction control on and you hammer it in first gear. It goes and it just, you don't realize it's actually managing traction until you take traction control off. You're like, holy crap, that's how much power was yeah. there. It's that smooth. It's not like in the old days where you'd hit it and you'd like hit your ESC down and, and yeah. you would like hit a brick wall. It's yeah. like you just go and it's like, okay, cool. That's how much power the car has at that speed in that gear. Yeah. You turn traction control off and you're just sideways. So it's really impressive how you do not interpret the intervention of traction control in that car it's mind-blowing yeah it, it's just incredible so yeah they i mean they, to, they move i guess to, to the kind of mclaren tech point there's been a lot of like issues right have you mm. had any with yours zero so i know yeah the 12c's had some issues for sure uh, i think they did in the 650s mclaren is so no that's not is it even, like not recognizing keys and not, stuff like it's that it's not entirely it's not entirely true as far as not having issues so the couple i've had the one i had was self-inflicted um, so, uh, whenever we lowered the car, uh, uh, the suspension on the 720 is, is it's hydraulically interlinked with all four corners, the steering and the braking. So the, on each four, on, on each corner of the car on the, we, on the, um, the control arms uh, up the a arms, essentially there are, um, uh, accelerometers. So yeah, you've got same thing that your phone has, right? So you've got these 3D accelerometers in your in each spindle of the car, and they measure forces in all directions. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's how the car manages hydraulic pressure to stay flat. So for whatever reason, whenever we lowered it, you're not supposed to take any of the hydraulics off. We didn't. Whenever we lowered it, when we put it back on, I had this suspension fault. And McLaren is, has been really intelligent with how they handle faults, knowing that their dealership network is relatively small. If you turn the car off, you lock it, and you keep the key a certain distance away, it will reset all the codes that aren't OBD2, so uh, that aren't your typical government-mandated check engine yeah. light stuff. Anything that's chassis control, anything that's non-emissions, you know, non non-safety issue, uh, you have the ability to basically lock the car and it will completely clear the code. It will clear it from memory so you don't trigger it and then it's go to a dealership to get the code sure. cleared if it's just a glitch or something weird. That is smart. So, yeah, super smart. Um, so we have this light and it wouldn't let me put it in any other track, any mode other than normal. 
I couldn't put it in manual. My arrow button didn't work. None of it. And I bought the car. It got delivered here, and I drove it to the to the shop to get it lowered. So I hadn't even driven it yet. <laughs> As you so, do. Just can't leave it alone. Just can't, yeah. No. So yes. McLaren flies a tech out. So we couldn't yeah. fix it. Um, there's no, you know, OBD2 scanner doesn't pick it up. It's all part of the body control model, module and the chassis control. So um, OBD2 doesn't pick it up. Uh, no one has, you know, no, there's no aftermarket computer that can hook up to it and read it. So, you know, we troubleshoot with McLaren. And they're like, well, you know, you lowered it. So, you know, maybe that was it. So we raised it back to stock height on the lowering kit because it was adjustable. Mm-hmm. Same thing, no, same problem. So they fly an engineer out. Um, and the guy looks at it and he's like, yeah, it's showing that your, um, it's showing an open circuit on two of your um, sensor, on two of those um, uh, accelerometers. Like, that's weird. Like, okay, cool. It's like, that shouldn't, he's like, there's no way, it, two of them shouldn't be failed. It's gotta be something going on. Diagnosed, the guy diagnoses like three or four hours, cannot figure it out. It's like, what if we just put those on the rear? Like, are these swappable? He's like, yeah, we can swap them. Puts them on the rear and now the rear show has failed. He's like, Okay, you have two failed accelerometers. We've never seen that before. Yeah. So McLaren overnights two more. They put it on and it's perfect. So that was the only real issue I've ever had with it. Yeah. And it was really self And they really fi- fixed yeah, it I, for you. So yeah. I think what happened is, yeah. it was on the front. I think what happened is, because um, my car, it was, uh, so the GM of the dealership um, ordered my car. So I actually didn't build it. I wanted a chicane gray car. He ordered it and they did one track day with it um, before I bought it. I think the front brakes got too hot mm-hmm. and it fried the sensors. Uh, I think I just think it was just too much heat for those sensors. Sure. You drove it so little, you wouldn't have really known. Well, they weren't, yeah. I think whenever we unplugged them and plugged them back in, that was the fine. They were fine whenever I bought the car. Yeah. I think just the act of kind of messing with them just a little sure. was just kind of the, the additional voltage from being plugged back in and kind of going back through was just enough to kill them. Yeah. So otherwise I've had, you know, they're random faults that come on. I had a suspension fault, yes, or, the weekend when I took it to the mall, turn the car off, um, press the uh, lock the button, you know, walk away from it. You let the mirrors fold and then go back to it. It's gone, you know, and that was it. So you know, I've had a couple. Um, yeah, we did a cruise not too long ago, uh, and so my car has a relatively mild tune on it, and it's only active in track. So I assume it's only active in track powertrain track. So there's two modes. You've got handling and powertrain. Okay. Comfort sport track. Comfort port, sport track. So I would, you know, whenever I want to use a tune, it's supposed to be an extra hundred horsepower. You know, I turn the dial to powertrain on track. Yeah. And I go. And so, you know, I was, I was getting a good comparison, and I was like, okay, well, this car, you know, it didn't really compare much different to a stock 720. So, like, okay, what if I put them both in track? So I put them both in track, and I'd never done that before. I was like, okay, there's my extra hundred horsepower, yeah. um, and I get an overboost. Was it a significant kick up the ass? Significant. I mean, so. Before, where you know, in comparing to the other car, uh, you know, whoever hit it would pretty much freeze at that. Sure. You know, so if someone went first, they got half a car on you. Yeah. You're just you're sticking next to them. Uh, that time we did it. Um, he went first. I went, and then it started you know catching up. Sure. So before it didn't do that for you know a couple runs before. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, and then I turned the so I turned the boats in track, do that run, and then I get an overboost fault which is actually an OBD2 fault. So it was a, uh, the blow off valves were seeing too much boost. So it just kind of reaffirmed that the tune was on. Uh, And that was one of those things where I had to plug my OBD2 in and reset it. Because the car is commanding more boost than Mm -hmm. the, uh, Mm -hmm. than it does for stock. Is that an incomplete tune or is that just a thing that happens? I don't think they, honestly it was probably good air and a little more boost than, you know, because I, I think I had, I had a mixture of um, 101 and 91 in the car at that time. So I think it, you know the car will adjust for octane itself. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it just had a little more resistance to burn and threw a little more boost at it than it typically would on the tune for 91 octane. I don't know if you see the same thing that, that at least I've seen in but the 91 uh, like Oklahoma gas is some of the worst quality gas in the states. Yeah, it, it's it, bad. It bad, is bad. it is really bad. And I know the altitude plays a difference. So I know you know our 91 here is kind of like 93 in like Corpus Christi. Um, like if you took our 91 here and then there's a resistance to burn down in Corpus Christi, it would be similar, mm-hmm. but it's very, it's still very, I mean, you'd have to go to RS for that to be yeah, valid. You I, know? Otherwise you get it from 7-Eleven or something. I can't run, like my truck won't run on 91. I blew, I, I mean, down. I blew my trans up, my trans down. Like it was tuned for 91 um, and methanol, 91 and meth. Uh, we put 91 in it at the track. Um, it's probably seven or eight years ago. Go to the track and it, 
mean, it ate four cylinders that day. Yeah, uh, yeah just I from back in tune my car when I first moved up here. That was when I really met oh, a lot yeah. of you guys, and I was like, "What is going on?" I found yeah. RS, and Matt was like, "Yeah, the gas is so bad. I've flown in this '93, or not flown, but got a special shipment of the '93 yeah. in." Uh, which is now what 7-Eleven has picked up. The oh, 7-Elevens cool. have picked up that same oh, shipment. supplier? Okay, so it's cool. like super 93 that's up here. Stuff's like yellow jet fuel. I don't know what they put in it. Oh, that's cool. But that's good to yeah, know. That. There's that's no that is that the MacArthur one? Huh? Is that the MacArthur 7-Eleven? Yeah, basically every new big yeah. 7-Eleven. The one on Memorial down there by the dealerships has got it. Probably yeah, Memorial. Expressway has it too now, yeah? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. I think there's I think there's a new one on the expressway that has it. Yeah, and they've got there's usually two pumps. But uh, yeah, we went like I would go to I wouldn't be able to put more than four. This is getting way too bad for a podcast. Nobody cares about this. 13, oh, 14 this degrees is, of timing. I mean, I'm sure there's someone who, who wants to know yeah, this. Uh, always on 91, yeah, exactly. it'll still knock. And then when I would put the 93 in, I'm at 19 degrees of timing, and it's wanting really? to add more time. I had to, we had to literally cap the timing. See, and that's what I'm wondering. What's if that's yeah, that's what's going on with the 720? Because naturally, I tell people all the time, if you're running 91, that's why I brought it up. And it's like if you're not aware of how bad it is, your car is most likely down 50 to 100 horsepower well, I'm sure. I'm I out put, of the gate. And I it's put 91 in my. Off. Fusion yesterday, yeah, full tank yesterday. Wrecked you out. No, I know, but I had yeah. like re- this is yesterday. Like this has happened yeah. before because I put on yeah. Q gas and it was terrible. But recently, uh, since then, I've just kept putting ninety one in, right? Because yeah. I'm, you know, I was cheap. Now I'm not as cheap. Uh, oh, that's right. You were doing eighty seven. Yeah. So like I and I didn't know anything different, right? And gas like, back well, home, gas back home. We just kept cutting out. Well, so I filled it up with ninety one and went to pick up a mate and just sat outside his house letting it idle and it cut out again and it hasn't happened since, right? Mm. This is not good. Yeah, and that's just a normal car. I can't imagine what it's yeah, like I mean, for, you know, it's, for you guys. Yeah, you know, it's it's detonate. It's pre-detonation, right? I mean, the the fuel mixture is not stable enough for it to not ignite under pressure before the spark plug. So you know, as the cylinder's going up, the fuel mixture's not stable. So that pressure actually cause. So you know, a lot of Formula One engines they don't have spark plugs. They they detonate wild. based on pressure. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing. It, it, you know, these you know, nice blow out spark plugs yeah, so fast. Cheap, yeah. cheap gas uh, will pre-detonate because the pressure creates, you know, molecules mm. moving through super quick. It ignites before the spark plug actually ignites it and then the piston's trying to go up as its explosion's trying yeah. to push it down. Yeah. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I'm curious if uh, I want to play with gas now in the 720s because even stock on the stock tunes, they play with timing and boost pretty drastically based on the octane, you know, based yeah, on go put that the fuel you. So, it's, I mean, if you had some kind of a readout, that would yeah. show you, you know, the any kind of well, I mean, my, my OBD2, um, I have one, an OBD2 two scanner, you know, map sensor, the the air pressure uh, is part of that read, and it cooks to my phone, so it will give me boost pressure on my yeah. phone. Mm. You can't see it on the car, but I actually hadn't even thought about that until now. I can get that OBD2 to give me boost, and it'd be curious to see how much it will likely give me boost. I don't know if it'll give me timing. It'll give me air, fuel, and boost. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be curious to see if it commands more boost uh, with higher options. That's, That's a, um, not a bad idea. On the domestic side, HP tuners and Engage, I forget the company that actually makes these, but yeah, they're awesome. Little, it basically shows you everything, maps it all out, and it's been a nice insight mm-hmm. to be able to see all that kind of stuff. And since, especially mostly what I've messed with is the five liters, they're mm-hmm. really advanced. Um, they're all computer controlled, so yeah. like everything varies. You can get a ton of stuff from OBD2 now. I mean, you can get uh, you can get everything that you could get from what you know Motec Dash five years yeah, ago. Yeah, we used I to mean, have to add to like get alcohol percent, you know, E85 percentage. Yeah, add a whole another sure. deal, and so like now I get a full alcohol yeah, readout. True. Yeah, just got my OBD2. So yeah, I didn't think really about neat. that. So anyway, thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us, and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.